When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. She is Michelle Smallman. He is Chris Canty. I am Evan Cohen. You can watch us on ESPN2, ESPNU, the ESPN app, Sirius XM80, and all of our great stations across the country. As talking, obviously, about week two of the NFL, as well as Blue Cheese versus Ranch, which, again, Smalls is wrong on. It's Blue Cheese over Ranch all day, every day, at Evco Radio on Twitter for that. The Dallas Cowboys get a big win again yesterday. They beat the Jets. And yeah, I Is that a big win? Yeah. Wait a minute now. I don't know if we can call that a big win. You just celebrated the Giants over the Cardinals. They beat the Jets with their backup quarterback. Still one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, It's one of the best, not the best. The best defense plays for the Dallas Cowboys. They're out outrageously good. <laughs> outrageously good. Go ahead, Evan. I want to hear this. No, I wanna, big, big win by the Dallas I Cowboys. Wanna, I, I Give it to under, me. No, no, Give I want to me. understand something. Give it to me. You're going to fight me off on saying it's a big win for the Cowboys, and you just celebrated winning against the Arizona Cardinals. Go well, ahead. No, no, you go ahead on this. Well, well I'm anticipating the Dallas Cowboys are going to win a whole lot more uh-huh. games. Yeah. I don't know that that's going to be the case for my Giants. Okay, so I'm you're going to do I'm it, just throwing under it that out pretense. There. But, and, and then here's the other thing. Yeah. What are the expectations for the Cowboys versus the expectations for the Giants? They are not the same. Stop yourself. You think they're the same expectations? You changed it that quickly? How could you not after you lose the season opener? Oh my God. 40 to nothing. Through the first six quarters of the season, they, they were outscored 60 to zero. More spin than Soul Cycle and Peloton combined oh. over here. That's what this guy has. I'm not wrong, though. You're, you're on the there's bike. No Giants, you're spinning. There's no Giants fan that's going to sit here and tell you that they should have higher expectations or that they are going to be better than the Dallas Cowboys. Not one single Giants well, fan. Well, now. Not Nuno, not nobody. No. Nobody's going to say that the Cowboys. Cowboys are, are in a better team than the Giants. And especially after the first two weeks for the Cowboys. A lot of people didn't know if the Cowboys were going to be able to be as good as we've seen these first two weeks. Now, they're in the conversation for a team that could win a Super Bowl. I mean, we need to crown the Dallas Cowboys New York City State champ. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, that, like, that's where we're at with the Dallas Cowboys right now. But that defense is what separates them from pretty much everybody else in the National Football League. And so for as much as we talk about Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, they just don't get in the way. And so there's credit to that. I mean, you pointed it out after their Sunday night win against the New York Giants. Dak Prescott didn't trip over himself. They didn't turn the ball over, and they generated four takeaways. And the common theme with those takeaways is that dude, number 11, Michael Parsons. I mean, think about it. He takes the ball from Dalvin Cook, just takes it from him when he's running the football, rips it from him, and then the interception from J. Ron Kirsch. That was Micah Parsons coming up the middle, pressuring Zach Wilson and forcing that turnover. What Micah Parsons has been able to do through the first two weeks of the regular season is got him as the front runner for defensive MVP or defensive player of the year. Yesterday, the guy had four quarterback hits and two sacks, and it felt like a million. But that Dallas Cowboys defense being able to generate the kind of pressure that they do up front and then being able to capitalize on mistakes with takeaways on the back end – is what's going to 
be the thing that wins the day for the Dallas Cowboys. This is not a team that's led by Dak Prescott. It's led by Micah Parsons in that defense. And I think that Cowboys fans, as well as football fans, need to understand that shift that's going on in Dallas. We're talking about Dallas the way we talked about the Jets before Aaron Rodgers got hurt. And technically, how we should be talking about them still with Zach Wilson under center. The defense has been outstanding, outrageous for the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, they have enough on offense to get the job done, but if the defense keeps playing at this level, you just need Dak to not turn the ball over. You just need him to be able to give you consistency um, at the quarterback position. And that's what we were saying about the Jets the entire time this offseason. They're a quarterback away. They're a quarterback away. And I think we saw the difference in these two teams on Sunday. Okay, I didn't know a calculator was required for this job. I got, I'm got. i looking over to my left, and CeCe's doing math over there. That yeah, scares me. What are you, doing? you know why I need the calculator? Because i got to add up all of the pressures that the Dallas Cowboys defense has generated through the he first He literally – I had to, to add it up. Put it on the camera. Can we I had show to add it to the people? Put it this on the board. Man, this you man see is that? sitting here Can you see the number the on calculator. it? Can you see the number on it? Can you see that number? It's 41 it's pressures through the first two games of the – 41 pressures. Get yourself a TI-82, one of the great calculators of all time that we all had growing up. Man, the TI-82 <laughs> is like the size of four iPhones. Yeah, that's amazing. It's it really amazing. is. And we were required to buy that as kids. We had it was to so get expensive. the TI-82 calculator. Life is so much easier now. See, that's a good invention. Yeah. yeah. Right? The calculator on the phone. Totally. Okay, but you guys are just downplaying the Cowboys offense. Dak is 31-38, 255, two touchdowns. He got the ball to C.D. Lamb a ton, had 11 receptions. He was awesome. Tony Pollard, you know, gave you 70-plus yards yesterday, gave you seven receptions. I asked on Friday, people go back on the ESPN app and listen back to the podcast. I asked on Friday about Dalvin Cook. Are we sure he's that guy? Because I said there had to have been a reason that Minnesota was so willing to get off of him. Dalvin Cook fumbling the ball yesterday. He has not been good. And now, when you turn your attention to the Jets, and really, when you look back at that 2021 draft, and we're going to get into the Justin Fields conversation, Zach Wilson at 2, Justin Fields at 11. I think we're going to be questioning both of those picks. Well, we're already... We, we know Zach Wilson at two was not the right pick. No doubt. That's pretty clear. Justin Fields I want to hold off on, but my God, the Bears have lost 12 games in a row. They start the season getting destroyed by the Packers and then losing on the road at Baker Mayfield in Tampa yesterday. But the Dallas Cowboys doing what they did to the Jets, and now the Jets already have drama. Right, We can't eliminate what the players actually thought of Zach Wilson a year ago. They wore Mike White t-shirts. Yeah. They hated their quarterback in a way that I have never seen. I, I, we never saw people do this for Nathan Peterman. Yeah. We never saw any people do this for anyone that they openly did not like their quarterback. Then you got Brees Hall, their star running back, on Twitter or X, whatever it is, last night, putting four football emojis on there because he only got four carries yesterday and was like, what's going on here? You've got um, Sauce Gardner on social media taking down his Twitter account. All of a sudden, sorry, Jets fans, you're back to being the Jets again. Well, well here's the thing. We knew that the Jets defense is going to have to be what wins the day for them going up against these teams. Like, even with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, the Jets defense was going to have to be the star of this team if they were going to go on a deep playoff run. And yesterday – that wasn't the case. The Jets' defense couldn't be the difference. In week one, they were the difference. They had four takeaways. Yesterday, they get blanked by the Dallas Cowboys' offense. No takeaways. Now, they had an opportunity on the last drive for the Dallas Cowboys right before the half where you're talking about it being a 10-7 ball game. Sauce Gardner on an out route. If he picks that ball off, he's to the house. 
all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the Jets got a 14 to 10 lead, and it's a completely different ball game in terms of the overall complexion. But Rob Sala said it in the post game: if you get into a drop back situation with the Cowboys because your team is down by double digits, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to end well for your quarterback, and that's what, exactly what happened. So yesterday was not as much about Zach Wilson for me as it was about the Cowboys' defense outplaying the Jets' defense. Because those are the two entities that were going to be responsible for the outcome of the game yesterday. So let's listen. We have Robert Sala game. We're going to listen to two clips here from the head coach of the Jets. So we all said, hot seat if they don't succeed this year. Smalls and I thought, hey, maybe potentially with the Rodgers injury, you give them a little bit of a pass. But now all of a sudden you got social media drama. And Zach Wilson, three interceptions. Let's listen to what their head coach had to say postgame. How do you avoid... Letting a twenty-point loss kind of snowball here into it won't. Maybe. It won't snowball. It's not going to snowball. Um, that they Dallas played a, a really freaking good game, and that's a good football team too. But they they played um, about as I feel as about as good as you could. And um, you know, so hats off to the cat off to them. Uh, tip your hat off to them. But like I said, you, when you can't get off the ball off the field on third down, you're adding plays on your legs. And eventually you're going to run out of gas. And I, I felt like that's what kind of happened to us, especially on defense. Up until we had to force it, you know, I thought he did a really nice job. He, he had a, uh, that stri- the, the uh, strike route to um, Garrett for that big touchdown. I thought he did a really nice job at the end of half, uh, moving the chains, getting us some points. Um, it just, uh, like I said, it, the, that team, when you have to get into a drop back game with those guys consistently, it's not, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, so there's Robert Sala, and he's talking about Zach Wilson, their quarterback who had three interceptions. He goes up against New England last uh, next week. New England was without their second, third, and fourth best corners last night. So maybe he has an opportunity next week, but they're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, the former point that Rob Sala made in that soundbite was more important than the latter when he talked about not being able to get off the field. The Cowboys' offense on third down was 9 of 18. Like, when you're 50% on third down, you're doing something right. And then the Dallas Cowboys, their ability to be able to control time of possession, they had the ball over 42 minutes. It's hard to play quality defense when you're on the field that long. So the fact that the Jets couldn't get off the field, I mean, that's that's a testament to Mike McCarthy and his ability to be able to scheme up the X's and O's in a way where he could sustain drives by his offense being able to pick up first downs. Like, to me, that's the most important thing. The Cowboys had 26 first downs in that game yesterday. 26 first, that's a lot of first downs. So their ability to be able to sustain drives against that Jets defense was probably the most impressive part of what they did. But it wasn't necessarily about them being able to dictate the complexion of the game. That was the defense that did that job. And if the Cowboys defense continues to play at this level, there's nobody that they can't beat in football. Yeah, and you take that into account yesterday, certainly. But I'm wondering how long the Jets are going to ride this out with Zach Wilson. Mm. He wasn't the overarching reason that they lost the game yesterday, but he's also not a force multiplier. And that was never the plan. He wasn't supposed to be put in this position. But with the Aaron Rodgers injury, you have to adjust your plans. And I'm just wondering if this could spiral out of control pretty quickly and the Jets might have to make a move here. Yeah, and that's the strange thing about the reports coming out that Rodgers – isn't isn't giving up on the season. It just depends on what happens, mm-hmm. if the Jets are still in it somehow, some way. There's no chance that the Jets are still going to be in it somehow, some way, if Zach Wilson has to start the remaining 15 regular season games. So it's clear and obvious to me that there's going to have to be some move being made by the New York Jets at the quarterback spot. And my thinking, my thought is that the move that they make shouldn't 
have Aaron Rodgers as a factor in terms of what happens long-term at the position. The New York Jets need to try to find a way to salvage their season by going after the very best quarterback that ends up being available. If it's Kirk Cousins, you know, a few weeks down the line as Minnesota falls out, then so be it. But this is not a situation where you just try to put a Band-Aid on it for this year in hopes that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back completely healthy next year because there's no guarantee that you're going to get a healthier quarterback off of an Achilles injury in his age 41 season. See, that's why Kirk Cousins has made all the sense in the world. And we said it preseason. It wasn't just with the Rodgers injury that he made sense on a potentially contending team because thought, you know, maybe Minnesota would not do as well. The reason he makes sense is you don't have to answer the question about Rodgers. He's only under contract for this year. And you're yeah. not going to extend him in October, you know, around the trade deadline. He just makes all this. I don't know where else you can go. Because even if we think, okay, the Chargers are not going to be good this year. They're never going to trade Justin Herbert. No, it's not even a conversation, never. right? No. Ryan Tannehill, we've brought up. Ryan Tannehill actually did okay yesterday, but you don't yeah. want Ryan Tannehill's not going to do anything for you. He's not going to inspire confidence. No, no, not at all. And so I think that that at this point, and you're not, and let's just say you guys are right now. I'm wrong about Russell Wilson that he's just completely cooked. You're not going to trade for him, and you're sure as hell not going to trade for him with Nathaniel Hackett as your offensive coordinator, no. right? No. So I don't know where else you can go. I think that Kirk Cousins is the only option that I see across the board that could be obviously upon arrival better than what you have with Zach Wilson. Because I've heard people say, oh, go get Jameis Winston. But Jameis Winston's not a turnover machine? All of a sudden, Jameis Winston is going to be ball control guy? They just have to get Zach Wilson to be as great with the ball control as he possibly can be and say, you are not to win this game. You're just not to lose it. You're just, I mean, that, that's it. What else are you going to do? There's, there's, no nothing, there's nothing else you can Joe do. Joe Flacco, but, at some, but here's the problem. At some point, your quarterback has got to make some throws. And, and that's the thing with Zach. It's too inconsistent. So they have to have some urgency about going after somebody that's a clear and obvious upgrade at the position. The Jameis Winstons, the Ryan Tannehills of the world, that ain't going to get it done. There's a reason why Matt Ryan is still on the street. Like Those guys are past it. I don't know that that does anything for your locker room. If you're going to have to do something that's uncomfortable in order for you to salvage this season with the core of players, which is very good, that you've been able to put together. All right, there are other quarterbacks struggling. One may be struggling because of injury. What's going on with Joe Burrow? We'll get to that next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, ESPNU. You can watch us there, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and all across the country in our great ESPN stations, along with Michelle Smallman and Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. What did we say about the Ravens before the season? That they could have a big-time year if simply Lamar Jackson was just... Lamar Jackson didn't have to be anything more than he's ever been, and so far so good with the Baltimore Ravens, who are 2-0 and on the season. They beat Cincinnati yesterday, 27-24. There are injuries to discuss. Odell Beckham Jr. gets hurt, but he also walks in the game wearing a Travis Hunter shirt, the uh, player from Colorado who got uh, arguably cheap-shotted in that game against It's Colorado. not arguable. You know I'm saying. Yeah. The yeah. damn ball hit the ground before he got hit. He got pummeled. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and he's wearing the Travis Hunter shirt coming into that game. Odell gets hurt. Seems like he's going to be okay. But the theme here is what is wrong with the Ravens. Excuse me, the um, Bengals' offense. They have zero snaps under center. Joe Burrow has that calf injury re-aggravated, and Burrow commented on it post game yesterday. We're gonna have to wait and see. I'm not sure how it's gonna feel the next couple days. Pretty sore right now, but no, no telling how it's gonna feel. So I think we're gonna take it day by day. How did you tweak it? It was on the it was on the play before the last touchdown. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear, guys, that this guy was not healthy to start the season. He's not healthy now. He re-aggravated it, and they're in trouble as a result of this. Yeah, and I mean, I've had a calf injury before, too. I remember I injured it in week two of the regular season. I didn't come back until the middle of November, oh, wow. and this was back in 2009. So calf injuries are tricky, and it's something that Joe Burrow is going to have to navigate, but where does that leave the Cincinnati Bengals offense? Ev, you brought up the point that every snap he took was out of shotgun yesterday, not under center. Yep. And that's clearly out of design because you don't want to have your quarterback have that discomfort having to drop back when he's under center. But that limits what you can do from a play calling standpoint. And it also limits what you can do in the run game. So I, I just think that when you have a situation in trying to manage one of those injuries, which the Cincinnati Bengals and Zach Taylor are trying to do with Joe, I, I just think that it, it puts a ceiling on what your offense can be. And the offense has been the driver for this team in going to back-to-back conference championship games. So I, I've got the Bengals on the outside looking into the playoffs by virtue of what I'm seeing from Joe Burrow, but also what I'm seeing in that division between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, two division losses to start the season for the Bengals, so you're already in a bit of a hole. Now you don't know what the health of Joe Burrow is going to look like, but even before he said he tweaked that, he just hasn't seemed right so far to start the season, especially to start the games. So first half of week one, 36 yards. Yesterday, before halftime, 35 yards. Clearly he's trying to get into that rhythm offensively, but if he misses any time... Not looking good for the Bengals. You know, Jamar Chase said he should have missed time. Mm-hmm. Right? He did. If you remember that in the preseason, his college and pro teammate Jamar Chase was like, I hope he doesn't come back right away. Now, and if, there were two ways of looking at that right off the bat. There was, he's hurt, or is this a holdout, hold in scenario because mm-hmm. he hadn't gotten the contract at that point? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, now that he's got the contract, I don't think anybody would question his toughness at all, but it seems as if he is not 100% healthy, and this is a major problem for this team because you're not going to win to the level that you would normally win at if. Obviously, Burrow is not there. Now, the flip side of this, I want to point something out about the Ravens, okay? We talked about the idea of the Eagles, or CeCe brought up the idea of the Eagles maybe not looking as good this year because of the coaching changes, offensive and defensive coordinators. Shane Steichen gets a head coaching job with the Colts, who win yesterday. Anthony Richardson, two touchdowns rushing, but gets hurt, slams his head on the ground, self-reported concussion protocol, which is the way in which the league needs to go now. And then Jonathan Gannon, who obviously is the coach of the the Cardinals, right? And we talk about the Eagles maybe not clicking as much because they have new coaches. 
I can't believe I'm saying this because I thought these guys were really good. Maybe the Ravens are clicking because they have new coaches. You know, they made changes offensive and defensive coordinators last year. Greg Roman had a very good career. He's no longer there. They bring in Todd Munkin, who was the offensive coordinator at Georgia, who was not a good coordinator previously in the no. NFL, right? Actually, bad. But now yeah. he's looking good, and Lamar looks good. Now they have Zay Flowers, obviously. And Wink Martindale was their defensive coordinator, who everybody thought was going to be a head coach in the league. And John Harbaugh's like, nah, I'm good. He goes to the Giants. He's been a disaster. Ravens switch offensive and defensive coordinators. They have Mike McDonald there as a defensive coordinator. Who came over from Michigan, yeah. And they look a lot better. So it can work both ways there. I don't think enough people are talking about that. John Harbaugh, the guts to switch things up with two guys that were head coaching candidates. Well, he had no choice with the Lamar situation because the offense had grown stale with Greg Roman. And I think you're starting to see the dividends of that now. Maybe we didn't get it in week one against the Texans, but that's extended preseason because a lot of those guys, including Lamar, didn't get a lot of time in the preseason. But we saw what that offense could be yesterday. I mean, Lamar Jackson, 78% completion percentage when targeting wide receivers. 172 yards in a couple of touchdowns. Like, that, that is where it needs to go, in ter- uh, or a touchdown. That's where it needs to go in terms of their overall offense. But the thing that makes their offense dangerous with Lamar as the signal caller mm-hmm. is the off-schedule runs. And yesterday you saw it at the end of the game, that final drive. There was a critical third down right before the two-minute warning where Lamar Jackson, I think it's third and three, he ends up scrambling, picking up 10 yards but ultimately setting the Ravens up to ice that game. I think those are the plays that are ultimately going to make the difference with Lamar. His ability to be able to spray the ball around to his receivers. He had a huge completion downfield to Zay Flowers for 52 yards. Being able to stretch defenses vertically as well as horizontally has been something that the Ravens' offense hasn't been able to do since Lamar got there, but it feels like that's shifting this season, and that's why I picked Lamar coming into this year to win MVP. Now, Tua might have something to say about that, but this Ravens' offense is just showing the tip of the iceberg in terms of what it could actually be moving forward because them spreading defenses out creates so many more opportunities for Lamar when he drops back. Well, I'll tell you, they're a team, and I never advocate for this because I think that the position in general can be overpaid, and some of these guys that I'm going to mention could be. They're a team that even though Gus Edwards had a good game yesterday, 10-62 and a touchdown, I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor with Indy. Mm. I'm looking at Josh Jacobs, who had an awful game yesterday. What, nine carries minus two yards for the Raiders if they're mm-hmm. not going to keep him? And I'll add another one by watching a little bit of the Giants and the Cardinals. James Conner. I mean, if, if Arizona is tanking, which they are, and yet the Giants still almost lost that game, uh, James <laughs> Conner is a guy that I'd keep an eye on. I'd add another back if I, am, if I am Baltimore because for the first time in Lamar Jackson's career, I think we could say the wide receiver position is good to go. You're yeah. fine there, as long yeah. as Odell's healthy, right? Yeah. And he got hurt yesterday, but you're good to go there. But, yeah, it, it's weird looking at this game yesterday. If one of these two guys is going to be an MVP candidate this year, it's not going to be Burrow. I think Burrow, if I'm them and he's hurt, I may have to sit him down. He's not going to want to. I may have to sit him down and protect him from himself a little bit here because you got to think about the next five to ten years with the Cincinnati Bengals, not just right now. Yeah, and Burrow clearly can't protect himself, so that's a problem. So if the guy can't get himself out of harm's way literally, Mm -hmm. then you've got to protect your $275 million investment and keep him off the field until he's healthy enough to be the guy that we've all come to know and love, the guy that's the second-best quarterback in the National Football League. But to your point, Evan, if you're the Ravens and you realize that, well, first of all, when Lamar's healthy, he has owned Cincinnati. But if you realize that the Bengals are vulnerable and that Joe Burrow might miss some time, this is your window. You better go for it. Yeah, and I think going for it means adding help on the defensive side of the ball much more than the offensive side of the ball because even though I love Jonathan Taylor, that's secondary for the Ravens. 
a little bit of a question mark, especially with the Marlon Humphrey injury. They got to get better on that end. That's, I think that's why Mike McDonald hasn't blitzed a whole lot. Yesterday, they only blitzed the Cincinnati Bengals four times. Mm. Like They're afraid to blitz because they know what's going to happen if they do. So I think they're going to be a team that's looking to add help for a second year in a row on the defensive side of the ball right at the trade deadline. Here's the thing, though. If you get Jonathan Taylor now, you can do both because, remember, he doesn't have the money. That's the whole reason he's available. Jacobs is different. Taylor makes, in football terms, nothing right now. So you can theoretically do both if you're willing to give up picks. All right, coming up. He ranks kids. The Rock shows up to see him, and he wins games. Prime time. Coming up next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM8, ESPN2, ESPNU, and the ESPN app. Colorado, biggest story in college football. They win against Colorado State. Sunglasses, hats, 43-35, double overtime. Shadur Sanders leads that game-tying drive down 28-20 with 2.06 to go in regulation. A seven-play, 98-yard, minute 30 drive. Goes Brady-style on that, which was unbelievable. And you had The Rock, you had Lil Wayne, you had Offset, you had um, you had so, so they didn't they didn't just have Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne brought him <laughs> out of the out. tunnel. That's yeah. right. Like like that like that's microphone that's in next, hand. That's next level when you're walking out for your college football game, a rivalry game no less against another in-state school, and Little Wayne, of all people, is bringing you out. That's right. That was pretty freaking awesome. The scene out there was amazing. And then they kicked off the game, and in the first half of that game, it was touch and go for the Colorado Buffaloes. By the way, I'm not even done with the celebrities. That's how many celebrities there are. Master P, Chauncey Billups, who went to school there, head coach of the Kyle Blazers. Kyle Lowry was there. Kyle Lowry. Somehow Kyle Lowry has found his way into two weeks of college football so far. <laughs> yeah. RG3 says he's in the thick of it like Kyle Lowry, and then you see him with, uh, with Chauncey Billups. But after the game, Deion said, so we know about Shador, right? MVP, yeah. I mean, MVP, Heisman candidate, first-round pick. Well, Shadow Sanders, one of his other kids, is on the team and had a pick six. So, of course, Deion, um, well, had this to say about his children after the game. He, he is moving up. He is moving on up like the Jeffersons. But Shador is straight up balling, too. Um, Bossy came in and gave me the biggest hug and kiss and, and appreciation for Daddy that she could ever give me at the end of the game. So that was great. And Junior's been balling. What he does on social media is is is, is fascinating. So it's, it's tough. My kids' rankings are tough. It's a serious run right now. It really is. It's a serious run right now. I'm the only one that's honest about ranking my kids. You guys act like you love all of them the same, and you don't. <laughs> I don't know why y'all act like that. 
Okay, a couple, a couple of things here. Amazing. So first of all, of the three Great. of us on the show, Great. I am the only one with kids. I have a son who's 10 and a daughter who's 7. Uh-huh. I'd like so to do s- you come out with a weekly power ranking? Uh, or yeah, or every Tuesday. Okay. I have uh, Reese Davis okay. uh, does it, Kirk Herbstreet. They're all a part of this, okay. uh, Tuesdays, that we it. do this. And okay. we have a weekly rankings. Uh, it's on 7 p.m. on ESPN2. <laughs> we stream it on ESPN+, Plus, as a matter of fact, trying to build up the subscription base. So we actually stream it before on ESPN. Oh, it's at 6 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. Plus, 7 o'clock on ESPN2. So if you want the first release, subscribe to ESPN+. Plus. I'm just saying. In the bundle with <laughs> Disney+, Plus and Hulu and everything. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think most people do this. I think what you have are days in which you like one kid better than the next. But, like, there's no question my parents rank my sister above me. Like, there's – I mean, they should. I think. Do you have siblings? I do have siblings. Do you, I- do you think your parents rank you the – Hi. I, mean, I, I don't. I don't guy. know where I'm at in the How rankings. How many siblings do you have? I've got. I've got two older brothers, and it feels like my oldest brother, my mom has him the number one overall pick, <laughs> you know, because it's her firstborn. And then, like with my dad, my middle brother feels like he's his first overall pick because that's his namesake. He's named after him. So it's just like I'm the youngest, but I also feel like I'm the lowest in the power rankings of my siblings. It's a strange place to be. If they were putting that out on social media, you're your sibling rankings, would yes. that motivate you to do something to I mean, go what, up in the rankings? What, what more am I going to do, Smalls? I won a Super Bowl, <laughs> oh my, played, Javante, over, played over a decade Javante, in the league. get him. I have just... a national morning radio show on ESPN. Uh, what what the hell not, else do I need to do? That's not a humble brag. Candy, That's the just a brag. Is do, great. I need, do I need to pump out some grandkids? Like, what, what, what are we? Honestly, that might be the best thing. That might be the best thing. your brothers have kids? So my middle brother has two kids. I got two nephews. So Smalls, he is maybe in last place. That's the point. That's my point. That might old, matter more than a Super Bowl. Not a good place, to be. Not a good any, place to be. But I'm just saying, with Dion putting it out like this, if I was one of his kids, I'd be like, well, what can I do to go up in the rankings? Yeah. And this is the beauty of Dion Sanders. Even something like this, he finds a way to make it fun, to make it competitive. Colorado right now is the hottest club in America. Going to a Colorado Buffaloes game, it's better than anything in Miami. It's better than anything in New York City. It is the hottest ticket in the United States of America right now. Yeah, but that crowd is quiet as a church mouse at the beginning of that fourth quarter of that game because <laughs> they were down by, what, 11 points? I want to say it was 28-17 in that game. And then Shador Sanders decides to do Heisman-esque type of things because that dude in the fourth quarter of overtime was 12-16, 175 yards, three touchdowns, and a 149.7 rating. The first three quarters of that game, he was 26 of 31 for 173 yards, a touchdown and a pick in an 87.2 rating. So he turned it up when he needed to. His competitive greatness being at his best when his best was required, that certainly was on display. But for a team that was, what, over a three-touchdown favorite for it to be that touch-and-go? Yeah. I don't know, man. It, just, it was one of those moments where you felt like the bloom was going to come off the rose. But – Credit where credit is due. Colorado made the plays when they needed to in order to get the win in overtime, and that's all that matters. Yeah, and now Colorado has a couple of impossible games back-to-back. They yeah. have Oregon and USC. Interestingly enough, and I know that it took double overtime to beat Colorado State, and Colorado State is certainly not a big-time power right now, but they did drop in the AP poll from 18 to 19, which is interesting. So if I'm Dion, which I'm sure he's going to, the they don't respect us, yeah. can still be there, even though every big-time celebrity and all the attention is there. In addition, so how about this? So this makes you think, is this an inside job? Do you know that Dion was about to launch a sunglass brand? Yep. So when Jay Norvell, the head coach at Colorado State, takes the shot, I don't wear sunglasses and a hat when I speak to people, Dion moved up the launching of that sunglass brand, i.e., 
ESPN brilliantly moving up the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, during the pandemic. Hey, yeah. nobody's got anything to do. What are you going to do? Watch The Last Dance. Available on ESPN Plus, by the way, still. Nice um, plug. Yeah. And so what Dia does, he moves up the release of the sunglasses. He made $1.2 million off the sunglasses. Unreal. Well, I mean, this does he dude, have to give Jay Norvell this a dude, cut? This dude is everywhere. He was on a 60-minute special last night. He's got the almonds commercial. He's got the KFC commercial. He's got the Aflac commercial. I mean, it, it is full saturation with Deion Sanders. I mean, he's taking prime time to a whole nother level. There is no more important figure in all of college football mm-hmm. than Deion Sanders right now. Now, we don't know how long he's going to stay in college football with the success that he's been able to have, and certainly we'll have opportunities, we'll have his pick of jobs that will come available at the end of the season. But, I mean, what he's done with this program in short order has been really, really fascinating. It's special to see it actually all take place. The fact that he's doing this at Colorado is incredible. If you were anyone other than Deion Sanders, what would be on your – on your task list if you take over Colorado. Well, Dion has this too, right? You need to attack NIL and the transfer portal. Check, check. check. Yep. You need to connect with the kids. Check. You need to build chemistry. Check. You need to win. Check. And maybe the most challenging component of all of this, especially at a program like Colorado, is you need to become relevant somehow. Think about college football. You need to become relevant. And Deion Sanders has made this program the most relevant program in college football right now. And we're talking about Colorado, where he didn't take over Florida right. State. <laughs> he he didn't take over USC. He didn't take over Alabama. He took over Colorado. And it's the hottest club in America, and it's the hottest ticket in town. You asked the question, Smalls, this is the best college football story since, or the hottest college football story since. Is it Tebow? Is it Johnny Manziel? Is it Lene Kakua? Go ahead. Which one? Lene uh... Kakua. <laughs> I haven't had this much fun watching a – and granted, it's the entire team that's fun to watch, but let's just put Coach Prime. No, it's Prime. In, in a singular bucket yeah. here. Since Johnny Johnny Football, since the Manziel mania, because that had those components as well with the celebrity, the excitement, um, you know, they, they built a stadium basically off the backs of what Johnny Manziel was able to do. Coach Prime is is no less. That's I, I don't know. Is there one I'm missing in between outside of Tebow and Johnny Football? No, I mean those are big ones. But you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll give you another thing on this in terms of how relevant they are. So my wife says to me yesterday, she says, hey, you know, there's there's a couple of her friends. They want to go away for a girls weekend. And so that means Saturday is going to be rough for me. Right. Like I, <laughs> so I, I can maybe give you a, a power ranking of kids on that Saturday okay. after that day. But you know what the first thing I did? I looked at when Colorado was playing. Because I'm like, if I'm going to have, if I'm only going to get to watch one game this weekend in a few weeks, that's the one game, and it happens to be a Friday night game, I think, that they're playing. But Colorado is the circle that game. It used to be Alabama. Alabama's now out of the top 10 for the first time in eight years, I want to say. Eight years, so yeah. Colorado is the most relevant team in this sport right now. That they're the team you, when you're looking at your college football schedule for the weekend, they're the first team you go to. The average ticket price for Saturday's game was two hundred and fourteen bucks. Two hundred. The average ticket price. They have five sold out home games already. It's it's incredible. They've sold out sunglasses too. Coming up, are we still confident in Justin Fields? We will get to that next. It's unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN2, ESPNU, and the ESPN app. Along with Michelle Smallman, Illinois grad, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Why do I mention Illinois grad? Well, <laughs> my God. The people in that state and in and around Chicago right now are not happy, and nor should they be. They lose again yesterday, this time to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road. And the Bucks beat the Bears 27-17. Justin Fields, 16 of 29, 211 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, and a rushing touchdown. And I watched that game yesterday thinking about what Mark Silverman of Waddle and Sylvie, and Tom Waddle is <laughs> going to join us later in the show, said on ESPN 1000 when he was a guest with Greeny weekdays 10A till noon Eastern time here on ESPN Radio last week, that it started to feel like Justin Fields and his decision-making was like Mitch Trubisky. And I watched that game. And there were a couple of times where they had insane protection. And Fields is sitting there in the pocket and waiting to throw the football. And CC, I'm not you in terms of my football knowledge, mm-hmm. X's and O's wise. But even I know, when you have that long, it's not always a good thing. A lot of times it could mean nobody's open if you haven't thrown it by now. Do something with it. His decision making in the pocket right now. Is, is not very good. I mean, in that 21 draft, whether it's Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, both of them kind of look the same in terms of their decision-making. And the Bears, as a franchise, have lost 12 games in a row. And Matt Eberflus, as a head coach, correct me if I'm wrong, is 3-16 and 16 in 19 games so far. Not great, Bob. <laughs> not great. This no, is a problem. No, it is a problem. And I'm not a big QBR guy as the end-all, be-all in defining quarterback play. But I think it's relevant when we're talking about Justin Fields through the first two weeks. He's got the second-worst QBR on the second-fewest air yards per attempt. The only person that he's in front of is rookie quarterbacks in both categories. That ain't it. 
not for your third year, not after we got your DJ Moore, not after we tried to upgrade the offensive line. And I said this after their loss in week one. Justin Fields has got to do a better job of taking the layups when they present themselves. So when those receivers sit down in those soft zones, you got to put it on those guys when you hit your back foot. Sometimes holding the ball in the pocket for for days on end ain't a good thing. And so he's got to figure out how to get in a rhythm in terms of throwing the ball. Luke Getze, their offensive coordinator, has done a decent job of being able to script plays, being able to sequence things. But Justin Fields has got to be able to see it and have the confidence to execute it. And right now, we're just not there. And unless he gets there in a hurry, then I think we could be talking about a situation where the Chicago Bears consider pulling the plug after this season on Justin Fields. It's a rough morning in the land of Lincoln, I got to tell you. Chicago Bears fans are despondent after two weeks because they thought they finally had the guy. And it's been two weeks. Maybe Justin Fields can calibrate and we'll see a different version of him. But after two weeks, really inconsistent. You expected more from him, especially throwing downfield after they went out and got DJ Moore. But even looking at the schedule, guys, I don't know when you're going to see a win for the Bears. Kansas City, obviously a better team. Then here's the maybe they get one here, but Denver, Washington, Minnesota, Vegas, uh, even all of those teams you feel like are better than the Bears right now. They could have a, a stretch here where, where heading into the season, we thought that the Bears would be able to win those games. They might be losing to some teams that aren't that great. Yeah, and here's the other thing about the decision-making with Justin Fields. Like, the the screen pass that gets intercepted by Shaq Barrett in the fourth quarter, that can't happen. You're down three points. It's first down. I get that you're backed up, but you got to make a better decision in that spot. I mean, the fact that you wouldn't ground the ball, throw it away, and get to second down, and that you put it up for grabs and let a defensive lineman pick it off, that's just unacceptable for a third-year quarterback. You've got to be better in those moments. And I just – I don't understand why we continue to have these conversations about Justin Fields because we're not seeing the growth and the evolution of the player. I'm not seeing him see the field better. I'm not seeing him be able to go through his progressions and get the ball to the right spot based on the coverages that he's facing. So that's the problem that I have. We know that he's insanely talented – But unless he can put it together, and by putting it together, that results in wins for your team, then what are we even talking about? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Baker Mayfield, a failed first-round pick, they're 2-0, and you just lost to those people. You lost to the Green Bay Packers, a team that lost to the Atlanta Falcons yesterday. I, I just, I look at the competition, I look at what I'm seeing from an execution standpoint, and it's obvious that Justin Fields leaves a lot to be desired. And Evan, you brought up this point. Last week, but I think it bears repeating, Ryan Poles, by virtue of making that trade with the Carolina Panthers, gave himself a lot of ammunition in the 2024 draft, and that is believed to be a significantly stronger draft class than what we've seen over the past two or three years. Maybe, just maybe, they decide to go that way as an organization if Justin Fields continue trending in the direction that we've seen. I don't think it's a maybe if this is what this guy is. I mean, at this point, I I have to ask a question that I never thought through two weeks I'd be asking about this team based on offseason hype. Are the Bears the worst team in the NFL right now? Hmm. The fact that it's taken us that long to answer it is an indictment on the quarterback in and of itself. It should not take us that long to answer Coming into this season, I thought it was clear and obvious 
that the Bears had the best quarterback in the NFC North. Oh, yeah. Didn't, didn't we? I mean, we, we, we didn't know, what, going from we didn't last know to first. what Jordan Love was. We, 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 uh, Kirk Cousins, people are hot and cold on. Uh, I mean, we, we, we don't know what Jared Goff is, even though he played well down the stretch last year. But from a talent standpoint, we felt like the Bears had the most talented quarterback in the division. But talent and potential only gets, gets you so far. you got to actually go out and do it. Bill Parcells used to say this all the time. Potential just means you haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at with Justin Fields. He hasn't done it yet. And if you got to keep asking the question about whether or not he can do it, eventually we're going to land on the answer being no. We're getting dangerously close to being at that point with Justin Fields. It is not a question as to whether or not he's the best division, the best quarterback in that division. He is clearly the worst quarterback in that division right now. It, it's not debatable. Nobody thought that coming into the season. It's not debatable. Not Nobody not thought even. that coming into the season. But, Nobody but thought CC that. But CeCe and Smalls, be fair. Even in Jordan Love's falling apart yesterday and the Packers falling apart and blowing that lead and he didn't complete a pass in the fourth quarter, the guy still has six touchdowns for two games. Jared Goff has looked like he's an MVP candidate, even though the Lions fans are wearing the ski mask, which is a fascinating thing that they're wearing, uh, like the burglar mask. Yeah, ski mask and courage. Obviously, defense wasn't. Yeah. So, so and, then, and then Kirk Cousins, people can hate on him all they want. He is better than Justin Fields. Justin Fields right now, based on what we've seen through two games, is easily the worst quarterback in a division that does not have a Hall of Fame quarterback in it. Not even close. And that is a major indictment on the coaching staff and on Fields. And unfortunately for the Bears, nobody, I mean nobody, saw this coming. Coming up next, we go around the NFL with our resident head coach. Next, it's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.